0: national christmas tree will soon be twinkling in washington unfortunately there were some problems
1: it looked like the national christmas tree got lit before it was officially lit All hey right. you know what
2: i mean okay <laughs> come
3: on. okay <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 11 minutes after
2: 6 this Wednesday morning. So glad you're with us on Wisconsin's Morning News. Still don't know if the Taylor Swift game this weekend in Green Bay is going to be the Taylor Swift game. She's got to be going, right? We do know it's going to be the Simone Biles game. You want to call it that. Yes, cuz she's ours. She's been going to all the games yes. for some reason doesn't get quite the attention. <laughs> so Packers play the Kansas City Chiefs primetime Sunday night on NBC, locally TMJ4 of course. Yeah. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey famously dating music icon Taylor Swift, who when she comes to games is seen cheering wildly for her man. Hugging on Mrs. Kelsey, everybody else in the, in the Luxo suite. I always appears shocked when he scores a touchdown. Like, I can't believe it. This is it. what that guy does. The networks love it. It has legitimately boosted ratings for the NFL in those Isn't games. is crazy? And at large as well. So connecting the dots, it's prime time. Journal Sentinel reporting that Swift just wrapped up the recent leg of the ERA's tour in Brazil last mm-hmm, weekend. Mm-hmm. So she's free. Okay, so there's that. Packers aren't talking about it. I did reach out to the PR team over there. I knew a few people and I said, "Hey, would love to talk to somebody about like what's the protocol? Like do you do you know where she's going to sit? Has NBC asked you where she's going to sit?" The network has to be curious, right? Yeah. Cuz they would love to have her at yeah. that game, right? But uh yeah, the Packers don't really talk about that as I expected. Uh, they just said, "We get we get why people are interested, but uh "Quote: We've had a number of celebrities over the years. We don't discuss publicly for professional courtesy and and security reasons, <laughs> of, course, of course, legit. So if there's a a back door, they're sneaking <laughs> her in, or you know how that works, uh, they're not talking about it. We do know Olympic superstar Simone Biles, who is married to Packers safety Jonathan Owens, who's been playing better. Yeah, he scored right? a touchdown. So like that guy, he's been playing better mm-hmm. among the young guys, improving." Uh, Simone's already been to a few games this year when her schedule would allow. Her competitive schedule ran into the fall. But the
0: only time I ever see her is when it's a picture of her standing behind the rope with the other season ticket holders before
2: the game. So I'm curious why we haven't seen, you know, like um, unless she's not in a, a camera accessible spot in the stadium, or choose not
0: to. Be I was gonna say.
1: I'm maybe? guessing she's not all that heartbroken that they're not really paying that close attention to yeah. her.
2: Well, nonetheless, she is a confirmed yes for this game. Here's what she told the Today Show on NBC recently.
1: Yeah, it's been really fun supporting what he loves to do. Um, obviously, he's in Green Bay right now, so my season
3: just ended. So I'm super excited to get out there for Green Bay for the holidays to support him.
1: Well, what about when the Packers play the Chiefs? I would like to see you and Taylor. I think that would be really <laughs> oh cute. God, It'd be a great photo op. Yeah. I think we. Like to see I actually that. will be going to that game. You are
0: okay. going? Oh. Okay, so well, Sw- Simone right. in. All right, then it's definitely happening. If Hoda is dropping that on NBC, then that means, of course... That was a big, be... fat
1: hint to the yes. Swift well, people. Or maybe I they're agree, just like the
2: you. rest of us. Like, well, obviously
0: she would go to the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I would we want to sit next to her. Why, why Wouldn't you want to like be in your own spot with the other Green Bay fans instead of next to the Chiefs fan? Yeah, and the only cheering reason, against your man who just got burned by Kelsey. <laughs> that
2: could be. What if they match up? They, they, they have happen. to, right? He's a safety. Yeah. So depending on the package they're in, they would have to match they'll up. They'll do a
1: split screen. How, what's the yes. over-under on they'll do a Ooh, split screen? I like that. Idea. Yeah,
2: great idea. Split screen. But they got to know where they are. So no confirmation from Swift, but we know Simone Miles will be in the house on Sunday. Brandon Snyde has all the sports coming up next.
3: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all sports desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind 33 points from Giannis and 32 from Damian Lillard, the Bucks go down to South Beach and cool down the heat on their way to a 131-124 win on Tuesday night. Lopez takes the pass, gets it right back to Middleton. Middleton has the ball knocked away momentarily. Now he's got to get rid of it. Gets it to Lopez with seven to shoot. Brooke finds Giannis all by himself, and he will provide the exclamation. Stuffs it down with a two-hand jam, comes down with that mean mug, and the Bucks look like they're gonna earn another hard fought win tonight. With the win, the Bucs complete a perfect 4-0 in in-season group play. They are now moving on to host the Knicks in the quarterfinals here in Milwaukee. Bucks guard Malik Beasley talking about the in-season tournament after yet again another hard-fought Bucks win. The courts are crazy. <laughs> uh, the atmosphere is amazing. And, um, you know, it's different. You know, uh, everything is, seems more intense and, you know, it makes the in- uh, regular season funner. The Bucks will host New York next week at Pfizer Forum and will face the Bulls in Chicago on Thursday night. The Green Bay Packers are just days away from their Week 13 matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs at Lambeau Field. With the Vikings win last night, the Pack, believe it or not, now just a half game out of the race for the playoffs. A big reason why? The play of QB1. Could Jordan Love potentially be looking at an extension this season from the Packers? ESPN Milwaukee's Jason Wildy weighing in. Even if they could sign him to an extension, I don't think as excited as they are for what
4: they've seen in the last three games, I think they're really happy and they're really excited, and they look forward to him continuing on this trajectory so they can pay him sometime either in the offseason or early next season. But I think that they are even still reminding themselves, hey, there are history is littered with young quarterbacks who have great moments and great stretches and ultimately aren't good enough to do what you really want to do, which is win a title.
3: And lastly, the number three ranked team in the country, our Marquette Golden Eagles, returned home following their Maui Invitational as they take care of Southern University by a final score of 93-56. to 60-41. He's got to do a lot to catch up with Johnson. Inside dunk. Oh, Zoe so Godara off a sweet pass from Tyler Kohler. Homer with a call on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. Next up for Shaka Smart & Company. A meeting Saturday afternoon against the Badgers at Pfizer Forum. Coming up, some
2: emotional testimony in regards to the former First Lady, Rosalind Carter. Some amazing moments playing out at her memorial. We'll share some of that with you next on Wisconsin's Morning News. 623, Wisconsin's Morning News. So... The former First Lady, Rosalind Carter, will be laid to rest today, right? Correct. a private ceremony? Mm -hmm. But the big public to-do was yesterday, and it was very emotional.
0: That's right. It was incredible. Some great stuff yesterday. So, yeah, the former First Lady laid to rest today after a private ceremony. It comes a day after a celebration of life in her honor.
3: My grandmother doesn't need a eulogy. Her life
0: was a sermon. Oh, great line. That's Jason Carter speaking there. It was a final farewell service at the Glen Memorial United Methodist Church at Emory University. Former President Jimmy Carter, married to Rosalind for 77 years, was on
3: hand. The first image of him was that he looked remarkably frail, as you might imagine. I mean, he is 99 years old. He's been in hospice for the last 10 months. He's, he's clearly uh,
0: not well. But uh, a lot of people saying that he rallied. He he knew that he he wanted to make sure that he outlived Lived his wife because he knew that she was falling quickly, like the dementia was taking over. So he wanted to make sure that he was there for her and that he was not gonna miss this funeral this week. Also, on hand, President Biden and the first lady Jill Biden, the VP Kamala Harris, former President Bill Clinton, First Ladies Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama, and Melania Trump, the Carter family had specifically asked. That every first lady be there. That was very important to Rosalind. Jason Carter speaking to them specifically. Thank you all for your leadership that you provided
3: for our country and the world. Secretary Clinton and Dr. Biden. We also welcome your lovely husbands. <laughs> <There>.
2: Fantastic.
3: <laughs> Another good line
0: there from Jason Carter speaking to the. <laughs> <laughs> also, those guys you brought. Glad they're here. Yeah, I'm happy for him. <laughs> uh, Carter's son, Chip, also speaking at the uh, the service. My mother, Rosalind Carter,
3: was the most beautiful woman I've ever met and pretty to look at, too.
0: Another great line. Of course, she was a wife, mother, business manager, political strategist, diplomat, advocate, author, dedicated to helping others, all of those under her resume. But grandson Jason did say she was also just a grandma.
3: And she was like everyone else's grandmother in a lot of ways. Almost all of her recipes call for mayonnaise, for example.
0: <laughs> awesome.
3: We all got cards from her on our birthdays. $20 bill in it. <laughs> when I was 45, $20 bill. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Isn't that awesome. Yeah. Trisha Yearwood great. and Garth Brooks saying, imagine to honor the first lady. Now,
2: as for today, there's going to be a funeral service but it's not for these who's who folks it's really just small and private for family and the same for the burial too it's going to be on the family property Rosalind carter will be buried in the same small town she was born in
0: in the same small town she was born in so today's the final day as they say goodbye to the former first lady
2: what are all these carter kids and grandkids doing because they sound i mean they carry themselves so well um, Sounded like extraordinary people.
0: Well, Jason has been a state lawmaker, I believe, the grandson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he might be the only one that dipped into the politics,
2: if you will. You know, tribute to any person is, you know, how'd your kids turn out? How do your grandkids right. turn out? It and, or like, great-grandkids. Okay. Yes, sounds like uh, quite well. 626 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Mm-hmm. Packers looking ahead to the Kansas City Chiefs in primetime Sunday night. Brandon Knight has that in sports coming up at 6.45. The
0: National Christmas tree will soon be twinkling in Washington. Unfortunately, there were some problems.
1: It looked like the National Christmas tree got lit before it was officially lit. Okay, hey, right. you know
0: what I mean? <laughs> okay. Come <on>. Okay. <laughs> so, so uh,
2: we need it, we need all the sound effects for that. It, one. it fell down, I guess. A
1: big wind gust knocked it over just days before the official lighting ceremony. Crews used a crane to lift the tree and get it upright again. The official lighting takes place on Thursday.
0: All right, so yeah, it fell over. They had it lit. So like there's there's video of this thing just laying on its side with all the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a little bit of a struggle <laughs> there. It's going to be relit in a couple of days, but they were able to use a use a, a crane to lift it back up. I did appreciate Stacy Lynn there going going for it there. A uh a Christmas tree that is lit, meaning drunk. You know what I mean? I don't quite understand that.
1: Go easy on the booze, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not sure what a Christmas tree and booze have to do with each other, but all right. That's a pretty good win. Was it was 45, you 40 said? 40 mile per hour win. Okay. So that'll do it. That'll do it.
1: It looked like the National Christmas tree got lit before it was officially lit. Deep.
2: Could that bacon grease left over in your pan this morning one day fuel your flight to Disney World <laughs> or wherever your family travels take you? Environmentalists celebrating a remarkable first: the transatlantic flight. You mentioned this yesterday that it was that it was happening. Mm-hmm, yeah, it worked. How about that? <laughs> they did it. This flight across the Atlantic Ocean, powered not by traditional oil-based jet fuel but biofuel. It could be the future of eco-friendly travel.
0: A Virgin Atlantic 787 took off from London to New York, powered by 100% sustainable fuel. It's all made from processed cooking oil, animal fat, and corn-based kerosene. Virgin Atlantic owner, billionaire Richard Branson celebrating the green long-haul flight Tuesday. Well, today, Flight 100 is flying from uh, London to New York on sustainable fuel. And that's a first and very exciting. The fuel cuts emissions, but is still pricey, costing nine times more than traditional
2: jet fuel. Lionel Moyes, ABC News, New York. It smells like French fries in here. Right? <laughs> that sounds excellent. <laughs> and it would smell awesome. Doesn't it? You know, I've been around airports a lot. I used to fly a lot in the chopper, and you'd be over at Timmerman Field, and you'd smell jet fuel. Not good. Bull. Right? It gives and you a
0: headache. That's
2: a big That's a big plane, too. This wasn't some little Cessna right. flying across. So that's why it was so important. More importantly, the environmental impact, of course, of cutting emissions how much of an impact? Though I looked into this a little bit. One study I read shows aviation is responsible for only about 2 to 3% of global carbon emissions. No kidding. So even if you eliminated that, how big of a dent does it make? It makes a dent. Sure. But if you got rid of jet fuel entirely or traditional jet fuel, only 2 or 3% really? of yeah, overall carbon more. emissions. Then there's the cost. I mean, like so many things in renewable energy and new technology of any kind, you heard him say it's super expensive. Right. So are you going to pay nine times more for your flight to feel a little <laughs> bit better about your carbon footprint? I don't know. I mean, maybe you could shame some celebrities into that who talk all the time about the environment and then fly yeah, around then their, they're sitting on a 787 jets. or whatever it no, is. No, no, no. This one's biofuel. <laughs> I'm good. Sitting in coach with the rest of us. But you do think that cost will come down as the technology improves their ability to harvest the, you know, the raw materials for the biofuel? As people. would
0: history would indicate, correct.
2: And then also possibly a trickle-down effect if you're using less oil overall could that lower gas prices at the pump? Now, gasoline is not jet fuel, right. or jet A is what they traditionally use. Two different things, yeah. But they're all coming from oil. So if, you, if you're if you using less oil on jet fuel, could that bring down the price at the pump? Perhaps. We're a long way from that, but everything starts with those first steps. And that's a first and very
3: exciting. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snod. Damian Lillard dropped 32 points. Giannis added 33 of his own, and the Bucks take a trip to South Beach and leave Miami with a 131-124 to win. He'll send out, Lillard's gonna get an open look. He fires from three, and that's the guy you want shooting threes late in the game. He rattles it through, and we are deadlocked at 118. He's got the last 10 straight now for Milwaukee. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as the Bucs with the victory secured their 13th win of the year. Despite a tough win, though, head coach Adrian Griffin reminding his guys it's all one game at a time in this league.
4: The most important thing is really Chicago. You know, we we got to regroup. You know, this is a very hard uh, fought game. I know the in, in season tournament is important to the fans, it's important to the league, it's important to us. But I think, like, for us, and you, you never want to look too far ahead, we got to get ready for Chicago on the road again.
3: Coming up for the Bucs, they will play New York in the quarterfinals next week. But first, we'll head to the Windy City to play the Bulls on Thursday night. To college football, where Wisconsin Badgers running back Braylon Allen has officially declared for the NFL draft. Allen will not play in the team's bowl game coming up. He finishes his Badger career with nearly 3,500 yards in just three seasons. And lastly, after a successful trip out to Hawaii for the Maui Invitational, the number 3-ranked Marquette Golden Eagles return back to Milwaukee as they would defeat Southern University at the Pfizer Forum on Tuesday night by a final of 93-56.
2: Kolek open three, good again. Easy for Tyler Kolek. Marquette's up eight, 20-12, 12.52 left first half.
3: Homer on the call there on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee, as Kolek would lead Marquette with 16 points on the night. Next up for the Golden Eagles, a Saturday afternoon tip-off against the Wisconsin Badgers. Coming up, the ceasefire in the Middle East. Expected to expire in
2: just hours. We'll talk about the prospects of that being extended and tales of terror from some of the hostages recently released by Hamas. That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. This morning, still no definitive indication that the nearly week-long ceasefire between Israel and Hamas in the Middle East will be extended, as we do expect more hostages still to be released today. Remember, they're way ahead of us in terms of Uh, time in the Middle East. So that is still expected today in exchange for more Palestinian prisoners held in Israel and more humanitarian aid continuing to flow to the suffering civilians in Gaza. So we're also hearing more stories now about life, you know, under captivity. What that was like for these hostages for nearly two months for the men, women, and children who were violently snatched from their homes and neighborhoods by terrorists on October 7th.
1: Seven weeks,
0: we don't know what happened. And you, you really... In the dark. Every day, and and you can you can let your imagination go or or whatever. It's really very, very,
2: very difficult. It's the the life is basically sucked out of you. The life is basically sucked out of you. That is Amachai Shrama, his eighty-four-year-old stepmother, was freed by Hamas Tuesday in this latest exchange. And you were reading about conditions for some of the hostages the stories they're telling
0: yeah we were hearing about some of the younger children that were there the nine-year-old and whatnot who when they were released were whispering they keep whispering and they're like why are you whispering still and their point was "Well, we were told to be quiet That we you know so they they're afraid to speak because like they've been whispering for two months and because, that, con- that conditioning yeah, lingers yeah. into now no no, you're free it's you're safe and they asked the one girl i believe it was the nine-year-old that we see we've seen the dad quite a bit on mm-hmm. cnn and whatnot They asked her how long she thought she was gone, and she said a year. It felt
2: like a year to Man, that's heartbreaking. So it's hard to get exact numbers. It's about 80 hostages released so far by Hamas. Doing the math, then, that's more than 150 still being held for these families. In addition to, of course, demanding the release of the hostages, they would like at least some more information. Uh, Here again is Amika Shmadna again. I
3: think even if they're not released,
0: it's very, very important for the families to be able to know the condition of their loved ones that are in, in the in, hand of the Hamas. So,
3: mm-hmm.
2: And I think the Red Cross is part of their uh, charter, part of the responsibility, too. It's a humanitarian issue. Yeah, so what he's saying is, like, we'd, we'd like to know, you wouldn't expect Hamas to reveal locations or whatever. We'd like to know the conditions. We'd like to see some proof of life. We'd yeah. like to, yep. to get more information about... How they're being held. Are they well or do they have medical conditions? Like what what can we expect when they're released or at least continue to hope for? So that's what these families are saying right now. We do expect another 10 hostages to be released today. That's been the number in this extended ceasefire on the point of what is a humanitarian issue. The world's still calling for more aid for civilians in Gaza as the ceasefire holds. That aid is still coming. ABC's Justin Finch on that.
4: The ceasefire is also allowing for more aid to enter Gaza, including 54,000 pounds of medical and food supplies from the U.S. The U.N. estimates nearly half of all homes in Gaza have been damaged or destroyed. But with a lack of health and sanitation services, the World Health Organization warns more people could soon die from disease in Gaza than from the bombings
2: boy, half of Gaza leveled. And then, right, so there's the the long term of what does rebuilding look like or anything like that, but the, the short term of how do we care for these people that have no shelter?
0: And the White House and the Pentagon asking Israel that when the ceasefire does end,
2: can you be more precise, if possible, with some of your bombing attacks? Yeah, I've got a little bit more on that okay. from ABC. The U.S. Is, is pushing for more aid to continue happening, and what you said, uh, what happens next, we need to to enter into a new phase of the offensive.
4: The White House is hopeful Israel and Hamas will extend the truce to free more hostages. The CIA director has been holding high-level talks in the region. Nearly 2 million people have been displaced in Gaza, and once the fighting resumes, the U.S. is warning Israel to fight in a more targeted way to avoid displacing even more Palestinians.
2: So the current ceasefire has, for practical purposes, just hours left. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said that military action will resume absent some sort of agreement. So we should learn in the coming hours what the next days will hold. Mm. Continued ceasefire or you know, renewed military action in the Middle East.